Who is Jesus? Ask yourself that. Do you know the answer? Do you know him? How do you know him? Christians throughout the centuries have pondered the nature of Christ. Some got it right, others not so much. Today on the podcast, we are discussing the nature, deity, person, and work of Christ. This study is called Christology. If you've never deeply pondered these aspects of our Lord, then stick around for a few short minutes. I promise you'll learn a thing or two. Welcome to the No Time Theology Podcast, a Bible-based theological show in which we dive into the big topics and questions of our Christian faith. My name is Brandon, and I invite you to join me on the journey of learning more about the Word of God for the purpose of growing closer to our King. To get into the swing of things, here's a quick sermon clip from my man, Johnny Mac. Don't expose yourself to a deceptive, lying Christology. We must get it right about Christ. Salvation comes by believing in Christ. That's John's whole point in this gospel, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing have life in His name. The spirit of Antichrist gives honor to a false Jesus, which is an attack on His nature. When Jesus said in Matthew 16, 13, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am, He asked the foundational question, who is Jesus Christ? That's the question. Every early heresy that faced the church in its formative centuries, in the first four centuries of the church, every early heresy was an attack on the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there were many of them. Every one of them attacked His nature. There was Sabellianism that said that He didn't exist as a person but was simply a mode in which God revealed Himself sometimes. There was docetism from the Greek verb dekeo, which means to appear to be, which said He wasn't human. He was only an apparition. There was monophytism that says He is two natures that remain separated and are never united. And somebody named Nestorius came up with a variation of that. There was adoptionism, that Jesus was a man who, because He was such a good man, either at His conception or at His baptism, He was either good in the womb or good in the water, and God adopted Him and He became God. But He wasn't pre-existing God. There was Apollinarianism which said He was neither a real man nor God, but He was a being taken over by the eternal Lagos. And then there was that far-reaching and most serious view called Arianism from Arius who essentially said um, he is a created being created by God, not God, but created by God. Those heresies led to, to councils that established in those four centuries 
the true New Testament and the accurate view of Christ. Four centuries the church fought against heresies against Christ because the enemy knew that's where the most devastating blows can be struck. If you've got the wrong Jesus, then everything from there is useless. Here is that very foundational question. In Matthew 16, Jesus asked His disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Up to this point in our Lord's earthly ministry, His disciples had not yet been able to see His true identity, His deity. Instead, they thought He was a noble teacher, perhaps a reincarnation of a great prophet of old. Obviously, we know that Jesus was and is indeed God. We confess this, just as Thomas did in John 20:28, 20, when he said, My Lord and my God. As modern readers, we often fail to recognize the weight of this realization. The disciples had seen Jesus perform many miracles. He cast out demons. He fed over 5,000 travelers in the wilderness. He caused the winds and waves of a stormy sea to cease. He opened the eyes of the blind. Yet the disciples' eyes had yet to be opened. There comes a time when our eyes must be opened, when we all must confess Jesus as our Messiah, our merciful Redeemer and Sovereign Lord. As a matter of fact, this is how we are saved. Romans 10.9 declares, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. This is the truth of God's holy word. So again, who is Christ? Well, I can give you more truth by reading a few more verses, but that would be far too easy. So let's take a look at a few heresies and the true church's response to them to help us not only understand proper Christology, who our Lord actually is, but also understand and reject false Christology. Of course, we'll need some help from my man, Johnny Mac, once again. They espouse an old heresy called modalism. Sabellianism, I mentioned earlier, is uh, part of it. Uh, modalism says that God is not three persons, not co three co-equal, co-existent, co-eternal persons, but God is only one person who sometimes acts like the Father, sometimes acts like the Son, sometimes acts like the Spirit, which then destroys the nature of the Father, the nature of the Son, and the nature of the Spirit, and you have an utterly heretical view of everyone in the Trinity. We just heard quite a few heresies. Now, I don't exactly have the time at this juncture in my life to sit here and refute them all, so let's just stick to the main two for now. First, the Arian heresy. In the 4th century of the church, during a period of church history we now call the Patristic Era, there lived a deacon by the name of Arius. Arius served in the Alexandrian Church of Egypt and taught that Christ was not God. He claimed only the Father was God, and that Christ was indeed special, but not deified. Christ was merely the firstborn of all creation, the Father's 
primary creation. We might think, oh, that, that's not too bad, but the early church fiercely disagreed. There was a great theologian, a deacon in the same church known as Athanasius, credited with writing a famous work on the Incarnation. It is from his life and ministry that we now have the Athanasian Creed. Here are a few key quotes from the Creed. Also, I might note before reading it, Athanasius thought if you disagreed with one of these, you might want to question your salvation. Quote, Thus, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, yet there are not three gods, there is but one God. The Creed later states, quote, The Father was neither made nor created nor begotten from anyone. The Son was neither made nor created. He was begotten from the Father alone. The Holy Spirit was neither made nor created nor begotten. He proceeds from the Father and the Son. It also powerfully proclaims, quote, It is necessary for eternal salvation that one also believe in the Incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ faithfully. This undoubtedly begs a question for some hearers. What is the Incarnation? Basically, the Incarnation is Christ coming into human being. We affirm that He was truly God and truly man while here on earth. His very essence consisted of both, yet these two essences, essences man, that, that, that's pretty tough to say, <laughs> did not commingle, meaning His humanity did not taint His deity, and His deity did not automatically dignify His humanity. Because of this very nature, he was able to live a faithful life on our behalf, being the sole propitiation for our sins. The second heresy we must contend with is modalism. Modalism, or sometimes called Sabellianism, is the erroneous belief that our Trinitarian God is not one being, three persons. Rather, God is one being, three modes, hence the term modalism. Consider the following analogy of water. Water can be gas, liquid, or ice depending on the temperature, but never all at once. For modalists, God came to earth in the form of Jesus. Then, after the ascension, Jesus, quote, changed forms, end quote, as one popular preacher recently phrased it, into the Holy Spirit. In essence, God can only inhabit one form at one time. Here's a brief clip from a 2011 conversation between two rather controversial teachers, Mark Driscoll and T.D. Jakes. Driscoll has been rightly criticized for verbally abusing members of his flock and has since restored himself to ministry. Jakes, on the other hand, has been a good model of pastoral care, most would argue. However, his Trinitarian views have caused some to call for his putting out of the Orthodox Church, let's just say. Yeah. Well, there, there, we all would agree in the nature of God, there's mystery and, and it's like a dimmer switch, you know, how much certainty, how much mystery. Thank you. Um, but within that, uh, Bishop Jakes, for you, you know, the issue between Trinitarianism and modalism at its essence is one God manifesting himself successively in three ways or one God, three persons um, simultaneously eternally, eternally. existing eternally. So 
your best understanding now, and I understand there is some mystery for sure. Would you say it's one God manifesting himself in three ways or one God in three persons? But I, I believe that, that neither one of them totally get it for me, but I think the latter one is, is where I stand today. One uh, God, three persons? No, one God, three persons. One God, three persons. And, and here, here is why I am there. I don't, I'm not crazy about the word persons. And this is, most people who know me know that that is really, my doctrinal statement is no different from yours except for the, the injection the of manifestation. Manifest, inst, manifest instead of persons, which you describe as modalist and I describe as Pauline. For me, the heresy of modalism is pretty easy to refute. All you have to do is read Mark 1, 9-11. Here is that powerful passage from God's inspired word. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. Thank you for tuning in to this short episode of the No Time Theology Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to follow or subscribe to the show on whatever platform you use. Also, be sure to check out the Instagram page at No Time Theology. Until next time, grace and peace.